well, what a year it has been, and one that I really don't want to repeat. Some would even say it has felt apocalyptic in its nature. So I thought for our Christmas Eve reflection, I would bring to you an apocalyptic Christmas story. Now, don't worry, there's no zombies involved, but there is a dragon, so stay tuned for that. Well, apocalyptic is an interesting word. I think we associate it with the end of the world or the hoarding of masses of toilet paper or something like that. But it's actually the first word in the last book of the Bible. The book of Revelation starts out like this, apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. And the word literally means to uncover or to disclose or to reveal. And so that's where we get the word revelation. So what does this last book of the Bible reveal to us about the Christmas story? Now, in a moment, I'm going to read the Christmas story from Revelation. Perhaps you didn't know it even existed in that book of the Bible, but I'm going to read in a moment Revelation chapter 12. Now, Eugene Peterson, he says this about the passage. This is not the nativity story we grew up with, but it is the nativity story all the same. Now, there's lots of different readings and retellings of the birth of Jesus that we find in the New Testament. Matthew and Luke, they're kind of the play-by-play -play guys. They give us the details around the birth of Jesus. John, the Gospel of John, that's kind of like the color commentary. It gives us a bit of the theological background and the strategy. But Revelation, this last book of the Bible, that's like the backstage pass. That's like getting a behind-the-scenes tour of what is happening around the birth of Jesus. And it shows us how the birth of Jesus impacts the whole cosmos. It's much bigger than we even realized. Now, there's some characters in the story I'm about to read to you that you'll recognize, I think. There's a woman, and she's pregnant. That fits in with the normal nativity scene, doesn't it? And it makes us think immediately of Mary. But I think really to get the full force of what's happening in this telling of the story, we have to go back a little further. We actually have to go back to the Old Testament and to Rachel, and Rachel as she appears in Joseph's dream. You can look that up and read it. But I think we can even go back further than that. We can go right back to Eve, as in Adam and Eve, because the story of Christmas didn't start in Bethlehem. The story of Christmas actually starts with a promise in the garden in Genesis. And it's a promise that you find in Genesis chapter 3. Just as God is cursing the serpent, Satan, and saying, I'm going to put enmity between you and the seed of the woman, and you will bite his heel, and he will crush your head, that stuck with people all through the generations and became a prophecy of the Messiah, which is to come. And I think you'll recognize some of that in the story I'm about to read to you. Well, there's not only a pregnant woman, but there's also a dragon. And this is where it gets a little bit strange because there's no dragon in our normal nativity stories. Now, some of you are going to go rushing out on Boxing Day and buy a dragon and put it at your nativity set. Don't do that, it's weird. Actually, I was walking down the street the other day and I noticed uh, a number of different decorations around the yards of our neighborhood. 
and I noticed somebody had set up a whole set of dinosaurs as part of their nativity. Who knew that dinosaurs were part of it? But there's a dragon in this story, and the dragon is identified for us in the passage. It actually says the dragon is that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. Now, kids, cover your ears because the dragon is not a friendly dragon. The dragon, in fact, is crouched, ready to eat the baby. But he doesn't, which is the good news of the story. Well, the dragon kind of reminds me of Herod in the traditional nativity story that we read. Herod was so upset about the birth of this new king of the Jews that he wanted to kill the child. And so he announced that all the babies in Bethlehem were to be killed if they were under two years of age. And so we find a dragon in that story. Okay, one last character before I read the story to you. And the last character, of course, is a baby. And that fits with our regular nativity, doesn't it? It's a son, a male child. And it says in the passage, this male child will rule the nations. And that reminds us of the prophecy in Isaiah, which says to us, for unto you a child is born and the government will rest on his shoulders. So it's all there. It's just there in apocalyptic language. So are you ready for it? Here is the Christmas story according to the apocalypse of Jesus Christ found in Revelation chapter 12. I'll just read the first six verses. You can read the rest on your own time. Here we go. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman dressed all in sunlight, standing on the moon and crowned with 12 stars. She was giving birth to a child and cried out in the pain of childbirth. And then another sign alongside the first, a huge and fiery dragon. It had seven heads and 10 horns and crown on each of the seven heads. With one flick of its tail, it knocked a third of the stars from the sky and dumped them on the earth. The dragon crouched before the woman in childbirth, poised to eat up the child when it came. The woman gave birth to a son who will shepherd all nations with an iron rod. Her son was taken up and placed safely before God on his throne. The woman herself escaped to the desert to a place of safety prepared by God, all comforts provided to her for 1260 days. That is the Christmas story according to Revelation. So what's the point? Why am I bringing you an apocalyptic version of the Christmas story? Well, because I don't want us to miss Christmas. I don't want to miss out on the real power, the revolutionary power of the birth of Jesus that so often gets lost in the, the tinsel and the cookies and the presents and all of the beauties of Christmas, which I hope we enjoy as well. But somewhere in the middle of it is a revolution that is brewing, a change that occurred that can never be undone. The birth of Jesus is a declaration of war. In the passage that I read, 
when you get to verse 7, just after the birth is announced, you discover something. It's not the singing of choirs of angels. In fact, it says this, Then war broke out in heaven. Just as the birth of Jesus uh, inspires us to great things and wonderful things and beautiful things, so the birth of Jesus also provokes evil and a war breaks out. Now you might be saying, what about peace and love and joy and hope? What about all the candles that we've lit? Don't those apply? Well, absolutely, they do. The birth of Jesus also brought the promise of hope and joy and peace and love, even though we don't fully realize those things right now. But there is a kind of peace that is only found on the other side of war. So what is this battle? Well, the Bible makes it really clear that this battle is not against flesh and blood. So don't go outside and beat up your neighbors because you think you're in that kind of battle. And try and refrain from posting nasty posts on Facebook. It's not that kind of battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against evil and sin and all the twisted, destructive things that we find in the world. And how do we fight this battle? Well, it tells us in that passage later on in Revelation chapter 12, that the people, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, that's a reference to the cross, and the word of their testimony, and because they weren't in love with themselves, they were willing to die for Christ. They overcame because they laid down their life for the world, just as Jesus gave his life for us. So Christmas is a great celebration. It's a celebration of the birth of Jesus. It's a reminder to celebrate the fact that he's coming again. But it's also a call to arms, not the same call to arms that we think of when we think of a typical human battle. It's the call to arms that we find in Romans chapter 12 and verse 21. It says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As we enter a new year, I want to remind us that we are still in a battle. Uh, but it's a battle where victory is guaranteed because of what Jesus has done at the cross of Calvary. Let me leave you with this verse as we wrap up our apocalyptic Christmas story. John chapter 16 and verse 33 sums it up. Jesus says to his disciples, I have told you all of these things. I have revealed these things to you so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Merry Apocalyptic Christmas to you and to your loved ones today.